Hello, Jeremy. I'm Aaron Anatavi from Seattle, Washington. Our leadership quote of the day is uh, build a life you don't need a vacation from. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Are you tasked with ordering food for your office? Let me tell you about Easy Cater. With over 100,000 restaurants to choose from nationwide and 24-7 customer support, Easy Cater helps assistants like you and me succeed at work and makes our lives easier. Visit easycater.com slash leader assistant to find out more. Hey friends, welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's episode 232. You can check out the show notes for this conversation in this episode at leaderassistant.com slash 232, leaderassistant.com slash 232. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with Aaron Anatavi. And Aaron has been an entrepreneur uh, since the bright young age of 10. Uh, and she's co-founded her first real company, she says in her bio, uh, when she was 16 and participated in the sale of that company when she was 19. So definitely business-minded uh, from a young age. Aaron, welcome to the show, and please tell us uh, where you are joining us from. Yes, indeed, Jeremy. Uh, I'm coming to you from Seattle, Washington. And uh, yes, summer and we have our three weeks of sunshine, and then it'll be rainy for the rest of the year. <laughs> so. There you go. I was in Seattle. Uh, I think I've been there once or twice. And one of the times I was there, it was rainy the whole time, except one day it was sunny. And it was just like the most uh-huh. beautiful city ever when it was sunny. And that's how that's how, kind of how it goes. The uh, I'm trying to talk the family into uh, checking out bioluminescence, which requires the sun. Mm. And uh, so uh, we'll see. We'll cross our fingers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So tell us, yeah, a little bit about uh, your family and your hobbies uh, before we jump into the professional side of things. All of the all of the fun things. The uh, I mean, business is business, and personal, and especially an executive support man, it all blends together, right? Uh, and uh, so I. Um, Oh, all the, all the fun things. I think we learn a lot in business with our hobbies and the things that we love. And so I do as much of that as I can myself, you know, hiking and, uh, waterfalls. I love waterfall questing. Um, and, uh, do, uh, archery and I like cosplay and top hats and, Oh my gosh, anything that scares me. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Love it. So Love it. Weave all of that into um, the world of the entrepreneur because it all it all blends. You know, you, the epiphanies that come by staring at a waterfall, you're like, oh my God, this is the missing piece. This is what I needed to know. This is what oh yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's like all my ideas come when I'm on a walk or taking a shower or hiking or just yes. staring off into the distance. You know? Oh, this is the best of the best things. I tell you. Yeah. I, uh, 
got into, read a book on uh, energy management and that flipped my world upside down. It was like energy management, not time management. Mm. Uh, and uh, so then I, I was like, went back to the drawing board and like, I have to rewrite everything now. And then, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, do you happen to remember what that book was? Yes. Called the power of full engagement. They recommended 150%. Um, yes, it is absolutely an incredible book. And it talks about energy and recovery and the, the holistic existence, right? Of who we are, that it's work, but it's also, you have to be mindful about recovery and you have to focus on where you're spending your energy. You know, you can have all the time in the world or none of it at all. But if you're not watching how you're using your energy, it doesn't, none of that matters, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so it's, those, those. It's funny how you bring this up because I just had a conversation with uh, some assistants. I do a weekly assistant Zoom call and we were talking about kind of tracking our time and tracking what we do for our executives. And then I was talking about this conversation that I had with my CEO on a different podcast, but then I uh, actually share that conversation on this podcast, which let me look up real quick. That was episode 227 for those listening. If you want to check that out, um, episode 227 conversation with my CEO, but he talks about how, you know, a lot of people talk about time management, but reality is, you know, energy management is, is more important. Yes. And oh, it is. 100%. So it's funny that you brought that up and I'm going to definitely share the link to that book in the show notes so people can check it out at leaderassistant.com slash two, three, two, but energy management, big, big thing. And I want to talk a little bit about that in, in a minute, but, but first I have to know, you know, I read, read your bio and I kind of teased it out a little bit at the beginning and I have to know, you know, your young uh, entrepreneur journeys, you know, what kind of things were you doing at the age of 10? And what was your first real company, as you said, in your bio? <laughs> right. um, I got to hear I got to hear all that entrepreneurial journey story from 10 on. So why don't you, why don't you enlighten us? <laughs> uh, well, let's see here. I, uh, uh, my mom is a bit of a bit of a farming human. And, uh, so we, we had chickens growing up and I was the, I was the egg lady and, uh, and I got to keep 25 cents out of every dozen that I sold. And so I'd go out and, uh, and, you know, I'd have bags strapped to my shoulders and I'd walk the neighborhood and, you know, sell the eggs, go door to door and, uh, plotting and planning how to utilize my revenue <laughs> usually ended up in the form of a you know bag of candy from the general store right uh, and uh so and then uh then i would uh i think she paid me like 10 cents to iron like the household shirts and stuff like that so it was always uh kind of like attaching business and uh um you know, if you do this and then this happens and you're like, oh, okay. All right. That's, you know, Pavlovian. I got that. I can do that reward. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I was homeschooled for till up till seventh grade and, uh, really wanted to go to public school. Uh, finally, finally talked 
both of my parents into letting me do public school and uh, loved it. And then when I was right before my 16th birthday, they moved me uh, from the big city up to this tiny little town in Montana. And I was an angry, you know, teenager, like, oh, you've ruined my life. Um, and uh, they, uh, I, I went into the, the high school there and, and I was like, all right, it's, I, I don't, I don't like your school. I'm angry. I'm mad. I don't want to go here. Uh, I only want to take a couple, couple of these classes. And they're like, yeah, city girl, you get to enroll all the way or not at all. I was like, mm. fine, not at all. Just going to get my GED. And uh, my parents agreed, let me do that. So I like went and jumped into that and then uh, fell in love. And he was like, oh, I'm going to start a company. And I was like, oh, I'll help you with that. I can do that. I know how to run, you know, admin. I can, I can handle that. Uh, so, yeah. So when I was 16, we co-founded a window and door company. Mm. And the running joke was just don't tell anyone how old you are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I started learning operations and accounting and how to manage employees and uh, reading blueprints and working with vendors and all of the different things that go along with that. And then, uh, then we sold that company when I was 19. Um, Ironically, on the same day that uh, that my uh, firstborn son was born, wow. uh, yeah, the he was a little early, and the doctors were like, "Well, you, you really shouldn't leave the hospital." And I was like, "I have ribbon cutting and papers to sign in eight hours. I have to go." <laughs> so, so yeah, eight hour baby and me, like we headed out, and I was like, "Man," and I ordered all the catering. I'm not going to miss this party. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> um yeah so that was that was the sale and then i worked there for i think another year i think it was while he went and started another company and then i left the window and door and then went and joined and did the same thing all operations and management and kind of uh managing the books and all of that stuff uh for smart homes and audio and video and engineering um uh yeah learning so many oh business so many things yeah that's great uh, so when did you when did you uh you know kind of doing that i'm sure that you did a lot of things that you know maybe if you're even if your title was an executive assistant you did a lot of things in a small business like that that were (laughs) essentially executive assistant tasks so when did when did you i was looking at your linkedin you know, you were an executive assistant at a couple different companies. So when did you maybe decide to do that? Or did you decide to do that? Was it just kind of a a phase that you went through? Did you like that, that role? Well, like you said, operations is, is very, so, you know, the chief of staff concept and, uh, learning how to navigate. Yeah. A business, you have a creative visionary who wants to achieve something and it's that entire back end. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, it may not have been that title, but it certainly was that all the way, all the way back. And uh, when I moved here to Seattle, uh, 
I I was like, man, I'm, I'm tired of being an entrepreneur. I don't I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Just want to be an employee. It's hard mm-hmm. working so hard. And uh, I thought, okay, well, executive support like that that works. Uh, I know all of the things that go with that role. You know, I was like, didn't know that's what it was called, but yeah, it's that works. Uh, so I worked as a as an EA here in Seattle. Um, that was just shy of a year. And I went to this networking um, event and, and someone was like, Hey, can, can I hire you like five hours a week? Uh, I was like, Oh, wait, what? Five, five hours. Yeah. Like freelance executive support. And I was like, is that a real job? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? Uh, and uh, so I tried doing that and I thought, Oh yeah, this uses all the same skill sets. I, I can handle it. And that led to referral, which led to referral. And then, and then kind of as the you know, summary goes, two years later, I'm running payroll for eight people. I'm like, oh my gosh, I did it again. Uh, <laughs> entrepreneur again. I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> uh, so then it was at that point that I had to decide if I was going to actually take it seriously or, mm, you know, go do something else. And, uh, obviously I decided to take it seriously. So now we're, we just passed our fifth anniversary. So pretty Congrats. significant. It's like crossing a state line. You know, it's like nothing really changes, but you're like, now nah, everything's changed. Right. Yeah. Wow. So how many employees do you have? And, and it's, is it essentially virtual, um, Chiefs of staff and executive assistants? Uh, yep. Yep. Remote. Uh, the word virtual has, some connotation to it in our modern yeah, world yeah. that that's a little sticky kind of like it's been commoditized so it drives the value low uh but the remote fractional chief of staff is such a vital role that is manifesting today it's it's a special role because it is it's this holistic thing right you're taking a creative visionary and you are building this foundation and this framework to help them achieve everything that they want out of their life. And it is a delicate balance of psychology and energy management and time management and your own personal skill sets. And, um, Oh, so much. It's, I think it's one of the most special roles that exists inside of an organization. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus and enroll today. So how, how big is your team then? How many uh, chiefs of staff and executive Uh, assistants? So we have, we have 14 um, right now. Yep. And uh, most of our folks are U.S. based, but I do have, uh, I do have a handful that are outside the U.S. I'm hoping to expand. Um, on the path of being an entrepreneur, you go through many, many experiences. And uh, I had a number of mentors tell me that when you hit 10 people, the wheels fall off. Mm. Um, 
And uh, so I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to be ready for this. I'm going to be ready. You know, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And in uh, November of 21, um, we were at 28 people and, uh, and, and then the wheels fell off. Mm. <laughs> and my systems were just not robust enough to handle the the rapid growth and the operations and everything. And it, it just, oh man, that was hard. That was really hard. Mm. Uh, so it started kind of dropping off a cliff and I went back and I was like, wait a minute. No, I, I need to assess everything. And so I did a whole complex uh, analysis on our systems and our operations. Like we have to fix everything that isn't working. And, uh, and it took us, took us about six months and we built the scaffolding and the framework and everything. And then in June of 22, I restarted the engine and, uh, and now, now it is everything that I want it to be and more. And so now it's like, we're, Kind of going back up to where we were and you know, halfway there. I'm like, all right, we got this. We're holding nice. good. So what what's maybe one example of something that you had to just totally change and whether it's a software or a procedure, you mm-hmm. know, what what was what's an example? Team training. Mm. Team training. I I love to hire people with unique backgrounds. Uh, I think that uh, in the in the world of being a chief of staff, executive assistant, leader assistant, uh, it's not your experience, it's your soft skills. It's the emotional intelligence. It's everything that goes around to, you know, that holistic self. You know, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? What is your what are your goals? What makes you happy? And, you know, how are you building a life you don't need a vacation from? Um, and I, I love to bring people with psychology backgrounds. So like burned out therapists and burned out social workers. Mm. <laughs> Quite amazing. Because uh, there's a lot of psychology. And I'm sure you, you probably find that every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of psychology involved in the work. <laughs> so having folks like that is uh kind of a leg up um because the tasks right you know email management calendar management structure operations all of these things are uh, these these things can be taught um but navigating the human mind and the complexity of creativity that's a whole other ball game um so yeah so burned out psychologists therapists and then burned out journalists and film producers and media because they're used to you know so many people like mm. oh my god timelines timelines have to do this have to do this i'm like wait yeah. you only have, I only have one executive gonna holler at me this is a piece of cake right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah so when i was running through everything i kind of hung my hat on the assumption that these folks would just be able to figure out the day-to-day of executive support and that was that was an incorrect gamble um <laughs> so they had all of the things but then they defaulted into what they knew and uh and i realized that the training needed to be far more robust so we we actually we actually built a school quite on accident but it, it happened so it's the sapphire academy and uh it's a uh, 
an entire curriculum. Um, it's about 40 hours, 10 modules. And it's part of what it takes to, I, I, my current, uh, my current theory that I am constructing is that if you go through the Sapphire Academy, I can turn you into a high level executive assistant. Hmm. Um, so, you know, come back in a year and let's see if I was right. Nice. <laughs> nice. And so that's for, is that for anybody that wants to go through that or is that just you, for your contract? No, no, it's a, it's a, it's an anybody. Uh, originally it was internal. Uh, and then it became too big to be internal and hmm. too, uh, just too intensive. Right. So you hire somebody and that's a lot of training and a lot of material. Yeah. Um, so I, I decided to take it and turn it into a product. And um, so I'm working on a whole plan, you know, for sponsoring and training other admins and bringing people with those unique backgrounds and people who are on a career pivot and people mm -hmm. who have, uh, you know, strong backgrounds in operations and media. It's like, you know, any of these different fields, right? Okay. What does it take to be what does it take to be a leader assistant? What does it take to be an executive assistant or a chief of staff? Um, and uh, uh, it's so far, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of chief of staff, and you know, you mentioned that you have executive assistants, remote executive assistants, and remote chiefs of staff. Talk to us a little bit about the trending transition from EA to chief of staff and what are your thoughts on the differences and that whole, um, like, even when you're looking to support your clients, how do you say, well, you're a chief of staff, you're going to support this person and you're an executive assistant, you're going to support this person. Yes. It's my favorite conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, a hundred and some years ago, right. You have your corporate executive and you have the secretary. And the secretary is the most important person, right? They are the guardian at the gate. They are outside that CEO's office. And if they don't like you, you're not getting anything done, <laughs> right? That person is, they are the ones, right? And um, and the CEO relies upon them. They, they manage all of the things. They manage all of it. And... Uh, Gradually, you know, titles shift. Secretary all of a sudden doesn't mean, you know, the secretary. It means something else. Administrative support, right? Titles and kind of goes through a little bit of an upheaval. And uh, and then we have executive assistant that kind of rises up and uh, becomes that person, right? You know, the the need of a CEO to have their their like their external hard drive or that person who's joined at their hip, um, that need doesn't change. And so it's just, it's the title, right? What do you call that person? And executive assistant was the title. And then about, I don't know, years ago, a few years ago, uh, with the rise of virtual support, kind of outsourced virtual support, um, which is, primarily a linear task management you know it's just very it's very straightforward it's very step a step b step c it's not really executive assistance right as we imagine it right this is this is a role that is 
relatively low level. As an executive, you surround yourself with leaders. You surround yourself with your managers and your directors, right? So why would your executive assistant not also have a leader mindset, right? You have to have that person in your, they're, they're the ones that handle everything. So they have to, they have to have at least the same mindset as the other directors and managers and people that are around you. It can't be a low level position. Um, but then the problem is, is when everybody started going remote, uh, this outsourced virtual assistance, they started referring to themselves as executive support. And that's not, it's not, it's not what it is. Um, so the industry as a whole, now, again, this is my theory, right? As I'm just kind of like watching this whole thing happen over the last five years, uh, the industry as a whole pivots and we start seeing this new title pop up, chief of staff, chief of staff. And I was like, wait a minute, what, who, what? And as I started looking into it, like, no, this is executive support. Why does it have a new title? You know, this is primarily, um, pu- you know, private sector or, or public sector, you know, like government. And and like, that's where the chief of staff is. So what, what is it doing in the, in the private sector? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of, I was like, oh, okay, okay. All right. What, what's happening here? And I planted my flag on the Hill that said chief of staff is the new executive assistant. <laughs> like that's where it's going that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. and for for my company and the way that we think of this critical role for any executive it's i'll continue to use both but i'm ready to tip into chief of staff because that's what's going to happen right all of these creative minded people if they ask their teams i need an executive assistant and they get virtual support that's not they're they end up frustrated they're like this is awful it's a horrible experience this is what i want um because they need somebody with a leader mindset um and uh yeah so we're still in the middle uh chief of staff still has an identity crisis and <laughs> it's like okay what, what is it <laughs> it's funny because i've talked to several people about the title and the role and and on the on the podcast and not on the podcast but it's, you know, it seems like everyone has a different definition of what it is, or like you said, the identity crisis thing, you know, right. know exactly <laughs> what it is, you know, so it's, I love to hear your perspective and it's very interesting. And um, yeah, it's definitely another, you meet, good... you meet with so many, so many executive assistants. Are you seeing the same trend where it's like, okay, well, this is, you know, chief of staff, like there's, this is what we're doing. This is the high level stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you seeing a similar a similar push in that yeah, direction? I think I'm I'm definitely seeing that. However, the the one thing that I would say is maybe a slight. Maybe it's not that different from what you're saying, but maybe a slight semantic in how you know how we describe it or whatever. But I would say you know one thing I liked. Um, I can't remember who I was talking with. Somebody on my podcast. Uh, but basically they said, you know, an executive assistant, a strategic leader assistant is also thinking of the, at the high level and they're leading and they're that executive support and whatever, but they're primarily focused on supporting that executive and the chief of staff 
can also be strategic and have that leadership mindset and that executive support, but mm-hmm. they may not be as ingrained in the specific executives day to day and, you know, support, but more of the, the, maybe the leadership team or the executive team yes. support. And so yes, yes. I see in a way I, on one hand, I'm like, well, I think you might be right that like chief of staff is the new quote, the new executive assistant. But on the other hand, I, I still think that there's always going to be that direct executive assistant support, especially at the high, highest levels, like CEO, for example, um, to where I think that a chief of staff for the leadership team, but an executive assistant on that team for the executive is always going to be needed at those high levels. Um, yes. So, yes. And yeah. it is, it is, depends on the size of the company, you know, mm-hmm. the bigger the company. So the, uh, I, I recently, uh, did a kind of an analysis into what is the difference between a chief of staff and head of operations. Because mm. uh, there's a little bit of blend right between the two. Um, and with a chief of staff, it's a communication and relationship role, where operations is a strategy and structure role. And in small companies, that can be the same person. So that's kind of where you get the chief of staff doing executive support. So there's the split, right? A chief of staff, their direct reports will be executive assistants and the admin team. So they will, that's the only person who will ever report to a chief of staff under, you know, the kind of this theory that I've, that I've mm-hmm. created. Um, whereas operations can have a number of different roles that report to it. But your chief of staff is your administrative person, and they are mm-hmm. all communication. They are uh, like in psychology, right? You have the myelin sheath, which is you know what your super highway between your neurons, right? It just like connects everything, so it prevents departments and people from siloing. And uh, so, in in a small company, your chief of staff is synonymous with that executive assistant, and they can do email management and calendar management, right? They're not. They may not have broken out into that. But then as the company grows and that person does need to work with leadership and they do need to have direct reports with the other individuals, those direct reports are based on how can we speed things up? How can we improve the communication and the blocks? And how do we get the CEO, his goal or his or her goal uh, to take you know, that leadership team and get all of that information to the rest of the organization? How do you bring all of that together? And that's your chief of staff. And when they can no longer do the whole thing, then they hire the executive assistant to do some of the more daily minutiae, like the email management and the calendar management Mm -hmm. kind of structuring that. Uh, So it it has a growth potential that you see between the start and the finish. Um, it's, it's such a cool role. It's so cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. Uh, so let's talk about relationship management and maybe even your opinion on, okay, this is generally a chief of staff thing or generally an, uh, an executive assistant thing, or maybe just a skill that both need to have. But, um, 
that was one of the topics you you suggested we chat about. And I really like that that term relationship management because I do think that there's a lot of political, uh, cultural navigation that that we as assistants have to do. And that's a I think relationship builder might have been the one that I the phrase I used in the I made this little animated video with like 10 traits and I think uh, relationship builder might have been one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's what is relationship management? Maybe a tip on best practices when it comes to relationship management and then you know how that should be an assistant uh, skill set. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, I, so communication and relationships, that's your, your chief of staff, your executive assistant and any of the, anything that falls inside, you know, that Venn diagram, right? The crossover between the two and relationships drive a company. They drive value. They drive creativity. They drive, uh, the the strategic plan for the organization you know, how do you get people to adopt how do you how do you get uh, uh you know the, the client satisfaction and vendor relationships and your your team culture and everything that goes into it right it's, it's just all relationships everything's all relationship and your executive assistant with a leader mindset is that person who is paying attention to everyone on the team from the lowest paid employee to the highest paid employee, right? Everybody in between, where are the blocks? What is happening inside the organization that needs to improve? So that's like on the internal side. So it's a culture driver, you know, hey, this person needs to talk to this, you know, they could use a direct report or they could use a one-to-one with this person on the company or that person, you know, they're having a hard time dealing with this situation. Maybe we need to pay attention, right? You know, turnover prevention um, and, and creating just that cohesive goal where everybody in the company knows where you're driving. So the relationships and then keeping the CEO connected, right? Because if you have a CEO who is not accessible and is too far out of scope or out of sight, then everybody in the company loses where where are we going, right? They lose that, you know, the CEO ties it all together. It's, it all it all plays. Now I will preface that with my personal specialty and favorite, right, is in the small to medium company. And when you get into enterprise, this shifts. Mm-hmm. And and this paradigm doesn't necessarily apply. So like my expertise and where I love to, my playground is in the small and medium business. Mm-hmm. Um, so the CEO has to be connected, right? That vision has to be transparent throughout the company. So your relationships that go along with your departments and the people that are working in that company, right? Your your chief of staff, your executive assistant has an eye on that, right? We see everything, we know what's happening. <laughs> you know, we we see what's happening. And if there is a structure in place to call out things that need to be addressed or bottlenecks or people who are toxic or people who are struggling or people who are overworked, you know, your resource management, all of that stuff, right? That is within visibility of a connected leader-minded executive assistant. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's kind of an untapped superpower. 
you know, any executive and be like, hey, what's going on with the HR department? You know, somebody, they're having a hard time getting a hold of people. They're not responding. Like, what's going on? Oh, well, yeah, this and this and this, right? If we do this, then we can make this happen. I've already yeah, got it handled. Um, and then on the external side, as leaders, as creative individuals, as visionaries, you can only keep so many names in your head. Uh, and and who those people are, it, every relationship is connected. There's a whole river of of connection. You know, the, this person leads to this, which leads to this, which leads to this. And your executive assistant can take that entire capacity and with the right tools, help that executive maintain more meaningful relationships with the people that are in their network. Oh, hey, I had a meeting on, you know, Tuesday with, uh, you know, John, and that was, a, it was a great meeting. And, and you know, oh, he's taking his family on a, uh, you know, a vacation, and they'll be gone, you know, till, uh, they'll be gone for like six weeks. Uh, you know, it was cool, whatever. You know, six weeks later, you have an email and the executive's draft created, hey, how was the vacation? You know, we talked about that. Was it great? You know, how's the things? Um, and all of a sudden, John feels seen like, oh, wow, you remember that? Like, that's really cool. Thank you. You know, yeah, it was a great vacation. Mm -hmm. um, and then anybody that feels seen and feels heard inside of a CEO's network, they make referrals. They give testimonials. They stay connected. They drive value. They, you know, you never know where that river is going to go. But if you just blow it off as a random relationship, you're missing so much impact or potential impact. Yeah. Well said. Well, Aaron, this has been a great conversation. There's one more topic I'd love to chat about. And that's the real cost or value of an executive's time. And I know you have to kind of prove that out to executives in order to, you know, convince them, if you will, to hire a remote chief of staff or remote assistant. And I also know that executive assistants, we often are saying, oh, you know, we're managing the most valuable asset of the organization, which is our executive's time and energy. But it's sometimes hard to really quantify that real real cost. So what are your thoughts on the real cost or the the real value of an executive's time? And how do you maybe quantify it or, you know, persuade um, executive teams to really place the value on their Just time? think strategically. Uh, when you hire somebody in marketing or you hire a salesperson, you know, that's that ROI is easy. Oh, salesperson is responsible for X dollars of sales. Yes, they've paid for their salary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's an easy one. Um, with executive support, it can be mistaken. And I and I do use that right intentionally. It can be mistaken as a liability. But it is absolutely an asset. It is, it is not, it, it is an overhead role, but it is not an overhead role because you're, your executive is responsible for driving that vision. They are responsible for the creativity. And 
uh, another like quote that I do or use, um, I think it comes from like video gaming, uh, is death by a thousand cuts. Um, and the worst thing an executive can do is, oh, this will take me two minutes. Oh, this will take me three minutes, five mm. minutes. No, I'll be there in a second. Hang on. I just need five minutes. It's not five minutes. It's not two minutes. It's this. And then the little rabbit trail that goes after it. And all of a sudden you've blown 10 hours in an entire week during that 10 hours that you've been doing those two minute death by a thousand cut tasks and things that you have no business doing. What epiphany did you not have because you weren't managing your energy and going to take a walk and thinking about something that the company needs? Um, What meeting did you not have with the person on the team that needed you the most And now next week, they're going to put in their notice because they don't feel seen and they don't feel heard. Uh, What strategic plan did the leadership team come up with that is now getting back burnered for a third week in a row because, oh, I forgot I was going to look at that. I'm so sorry. I didn't get to that. Give me another week. All of those different things are not getting done because they're too busy focusing on things that they should not be focusing on. So for your executive assistant, that's kind of where you want to drive that value. That's kind of where you want to focus on. Okay, you're not doing that. Instead, these are the things, you know, what, where is that? That, that's the value. Um, As the executive, you know, if you're, say you're valued a thousand an hour, or 500 an hour, you know, 10 hours, you should, you should have had a $5,000 idea. You know, you should have had a new product line, a turnover. How expensive is turnover in a company? How expensive are unproductive, unhappy employees? Very expensive. Um, and if you have an executive and their leader assistant, their chief of staff, their high level executive assistant, if that person is paying attention to the value and the things that they are doing to allow that creative visionary to drive, you want to tap into that. And that's how you flip the role from a liability into an asset. That executive cannot live without that person. Right? They just can't. In a small company, okay, maybe fine. Um, but at the moment that you hit, your is when your energy management is now tapped, Mm-hmm. And you're too tired to do the things that you need to be doing the most. Um, that's uh, the the what is that uh, the words escaping me? Uh, opportunity cost mm-hmm. uh, is massive, and it snowballs every week that you don't snowballs. And now, mm-hmm. right? You we've all we've all been to those board meetings. We're like, oh, well, we only got you know one of our Q1 goals finished out of the five that we. Right. Oh, planned for. So we're going to bump those to Q3. (laughs) Now, what would have happened if Q1 goals had been done in Q1 like you wanted? Right. Your executive assistant can drive that. So now at the end of Q1, right, you're analyzing, you're like, oh my gosh, look at what we did. Right. And executive assistants are not naturally going to be the ones who step up and say, yeah, that's, I did that. You're like, you did that because I was available. It's a background role, right? They're not that kind of person. Um, one of our uh, one of our tips, like that we do, 
is uh, all everyone on our team keeps a weekly journal of their wins because everyone forgets how much, right? They just, they forget. And so if you keep a, a journal of all of your wins every week, you know, relationships that you managed, uh, clients that renewed their contract or staff that had a change of heart or teams that felt support, right? You just track all of those wins in whatever categories you want to track them. And at the end of the quarter, you can revisit that and see, well, what happened because you did all of these things? What was made possible for the company because you did all of these things? And uh, and then there's your ROI. You know, you take the value of the strategic team. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great tip. Well, Aaron, thank you so much again for being on the show. Uh, where's the best place for people to reach out if they want to learn, either just say hi and connect, or if they want to learn more about Sapphire and maybe they're, you know, they have an executive or a friend that needs to hire a remote assistant or chief of staff, or maybe they're even thinking, hey, are you hiring an, a remote assistant, you know, down the road? So <laughs> yes, indeed. Or training. Best, all of the, Yeah, or the training. The yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um it's uh, our, probably our website, uh, which is uh, uh, www.choosesapphire.com, Choose Sapphire. And the uh, company is Sapphire Partners. So, uh, yeah, that is the best way to get a hold of us. Perfect. Well, I'll put that in the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 232. And uh, best of luck to you. Thanks so much for sharing your insight. It's definitely fascinating, the whole chief of staff EA conversation going on. And I, I loved your unique perspective that you brought to the conversation. So appreciate you chatting. It's wonderful, Jeremy. Thank you.